Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. Bears, 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 bears. Football, football, football. You know what? I'd like to say you're wrong, Molly, but you're not wrong very often. David Haw. That was one of the best questions you've ever asked. Yeah, I'm sure it's going to get an answer just as good. Chicago Sports Talk for your morning on 670 The Score. That team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. Steve Rosenblum. There was a keg stand I lost to an 81-year-old lady. She got off the main <laughs> floor, and then, and, but I was, it was really close. Mark Grody. I've been waiting to get a hold of this guy for years. Yeah, like they're, like Channel 2 News is out there interviewing people. Yeah, I've been talking to my wife about getting Steve. He wants connected my dots and more to my plate. I'm going to dunk his ass. They suck, so you don't have to. Can't you morons do anything right? Founding members of the WB Club. Smoke weed every day. The three words that describe this show, and I quote. Stink. Stank. Stunk. It's Saturday suckage on the score. We should be 670 WSUK. Good morning, welcome in. The NFL can have Monday Night Football on Thursday. Rosenblum and Grody can have Saturday Suckage on Thursday, and here we are. I'm Steve Rosenblum, and you are... Mark Grody. Look at that. We it, took attendance. Here we are, back together. Together again for the first time. That's right. How you doing, Stevie? I'm doing great now. You, me, here, Saturday Suckage like it ought to be. <laughs> on Thursday, we're for Molly and Haw. You sitting by a Christmas tree, just how it ought to be. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> As a lapsed Jew, I think it's very appropriate. <laughs> Thursday, December 29th, that's us here, WSCR. We are Chicago Sports Radio, 670, the score. Text and call us, 312-644-6767. We're broadcasting live from Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We'll go over the guests. We'll go over everything else you need to know. What you need to know is what the Bulls did last night. They won that game. Sideline left, still holding, still looking, has to hurry, and DeRozan stole the ball to Ayo, to the rack of the right-handed dunk, and we're tied at 106. Ayo Dosumu, along with DeMar DeRozan, hook it up, and we are tied at 106 with 7.8 left in regulation. Oh, baby, what a play by the Bulls. And then now is now Chuck is an enthusiastic guy. Chuck Swirsky, our guy, the Swirsk. Yeah. Right here on these very airwaves, Swirsk. Talking about a huge play. DeMar DeRozan, for all he did, that was huge. 42 points and 10 in overtime. That was the play. They got the they get tied the game. They go to overtime. DeMar DeRozan had himself a For those of you who are just waking up to this and gave up on the Bulls game, as many people did in leaving the United Center. And it was mentioned during the broadcast. I think it was Stacey King, the old, for those of you who left, we got something going on for you here. But <laughs> the Bulls beat the Bucks. They won that game. They won that game. 119 to 113 in overtime. The Bulls trailed by 15 early in the fourth quarter. They were down 11 with less than three minutes to go, and they end up winning the game 119-113 in overtime. And, yeah, they, I mean, there is a lot in this game, but nothing bigger than – I mean, DeMar DeRozan, as we just highlighted, wasn't just making baskets. He was making plays, man, and he was playing with fury and urgency. And, to, and by the way, if, if you didn't – if it wasn't clear in the play-by-play – that was Giannis Antetokounmpo, who DeMar DeRozan stole the inbound pass from. So as great as Antetokounmpo was, and that may have been his best game against the Bulls, key error by him, a great steal by DeRozan. Ayo Desumu, always near the baskets in those situations, puts it up 106 all, and the Bulls eventually, as you said, prevail in overtime. So it's that's a, the story. 
It was pretty. You know, one of the things that that it was a great play by DeRozan, and he he owned the stretch as he usually does. But there there were moments. Remember how Ed, Eddie Olchuk when back when he was when the Blackhawks had some pride and weren't shameless and cheap, and Eddie Olchuk was here doing Hawks games. Right? Yeah, yeah. And he would say, "Circle that. That might turn out to be this." The, that he would do that at points early in the game. Mm. I never thought to circle the idea that DeRozan took a charge against Giannis. He took a charge. It was early on. I was like, oh, I know they're going to lose. I have no faith in these Bulls. I, I I know they beat good teams. They lose to lousy teams. They, are, they still remain a badly designed team. They were very entertaining last night. They're still a badly designed team. They are horribly constructed. And AK should be given the guard packs treatment. Like, what are you doing? But what DeRozan did early on took the charge, and all of a sudden, there's Patrick Williams doing as good a job as he could. It seemed to me on Giannis, and there's DeRozan, and he's taking a charge, and then, like you said, makes the steal. And meanwhile, he's putting a 42 points, which is almost as good as what Giannis did. That was an amazing thing. Incredible performance. Yeah, Giannis they had a near triple double. In the game, what did he have? Four. Uh, ooh, thought I had that right in front of me here. Giannis had f- forty-five, twenty-two, and seven. It was absolutely dominant. One thing that I kept thinking, speaking of early on in the game and things that would be indicators of what might happen later in the game. Yeah. The first quarter, the end of the the first quarter, I think it was where it's back and forth, it's a good game, and then all of a sudden, like in about a three-minute span, the the Bucks took a 10-point lead. There, there was a double-digit lead in the first quarter of this game, which may be hard to remember because the game... They were down 16-9. to nine. Yeah. The Bucks were, and then all of a sudden, they're up by 10. It was a 17-point swing. It was unbelievable, and I was like, okay. And the Bulls came back, which, which was good, but then I just thought... The the Bucks are going to do this again later in the game. It, it, when they when they get hot, they're going to they're going to take <laughs> gonna the ten point lead. Again. <laughs> they're going to do it again. That's what I kept thinking. I, I I circled that run right there and thinking, okay, they're going to do that again, and this time they're going to add to it. It's going also going to be a fifteen point lead. So that's what I kept thinking would eventually happen in the game. And well, you were right. It, yeah, but to the Bulls' credit and. Man, they were talking about it during the game. Like this would be have to be one of those incredible comebacks, those miraculous. And I'll be damned if they didn't do it last night. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We are in for Saturday suckage on Thursday. Six three zero texter. Too much suckage for a Thursday morning. Yeah, well, that's what happens. It's a lot. Eight one six awesomeness. You guys are apparently Yoda's listening to us. <laughs> awesomeness. You guys are. We accept that. Seven zero eight. Boy, oh boy. Toby is going to be one confused person if he hears you guys this morning. You know what? Toby's confused anyways. So, all right, we talked about DeRozan, 42 points, 10 in OT. The Bulls beat the Bucks. Now, the Bucks were out with were without Middleton and Holiday. So, this was not, again, this is the Bulls beating a team with a better record, one of the best teams. They did this again. A texter earlier noted how the Bulls, own Aaron Rodgers because he's a part owner of the Bucks. I love that idea. I own you. That does make sense. And and so here's the play you really want to talk about. And here's the one we want to talk about. Here's the one everyone talked about that garbage player, Grayson Allen. By the way, wasn't he the one making the inbound pass to Giannis that got stolen? No, it was Giannis made the pass or attempted to make the pass. To two to Allen. Oh, to Allen. To Allen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. right. I had yeah. that wrong. Yep. So anyways, it was great that they were both involved, but especially Grayson Allen. So anyways, there's there's a play in the second half, and here's here's the play, and then we'll talk about the, the fallout. There it is. And things get a little uh, chippy here. Matthews and DeRozan had to be separated. Well, it was Grayson Allen always in the middle and of it. Allen's in the midst of it. Let's say we, I, I get the feeling that you're going to see something here when they show the replay. DeRozan still jawing, and, and I can understand his frustration. Well, let's here. take a look at it. Let's yeah. see what happens. I, I want to see this. Was there something extra after the? 
Yeah, oh, yeah that's the yeah, same. Allen. Come I, on. Listen, every time something like this happens, his go-to default setting is to do something a little extra. Yeah, he, he's, and then he's, he and then he puts his hands up and says, "Oh well, I didn't do anything at all." He did do something, and it was extra. And that was Adam Amin and Stacey King on NBC Sports Chicago talking about Patrick Williams fouled Grayson Allen, and Grayson Allen happened to be stumbling and thought, well, you know what? Let me keep myself from stumbling and throw an armbar into DeMar DeRozan. And because and DeRozan said later, because of who it was, he reacted that way. He says any other player, he probably wouldn't have. But we're dealing with the dirtiest player in the NBA, and that set everything off. And I, it seems to me it's a stretch to say that motivated DeMar DeRozan getting hit like that and there was the ruckus because DeMar DeRozan does that regularly. Well, and also He's, and also the Bucks went on a run yeah. right after that. So, no, 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 no. We're not going to use no. – we're not going to do the convenient radio <laughs> talk show thing and say, yeah, they that motivated them. But you know what? There, there's nothing you could do about Grayson. Grayson Allen likes playing that part. He has the same smirky look on his face. The, the same one that he had last year with Caruso. The guy doesn't – we could sit here and hammer him all morning, and he deserves it, but it doesn't matter. Why people have a problem with Grayson Let Allen. Let me tell you something. Somebody needs to give him a two-piece. I guarantee he'll stop doing that. Somebody pop him upside his head a couple times. He'll stop doing that because he's getting away with this too much. Constantly. He does this all the time. And look at his teammates. They know what's going on. They know what's going on. He's got a history. That what he did to Alex Caruso last year was, a dirty, was dirty, and it turned the bull. You can apologize it, yeah. for it as often as you, you want. You can send a card. I don't, I don't doubt yes. that, that there is some remorse in that guy for it. Man, but why it do you none. keep doing things There's no remorse. over He's and been doing over it. and over? He's been doing it since Duke. Since Duke. He had He's four different it. incidents at Duke. Watch this. He's had multiple incidents in the NBA. See, look. Boom. And he just add that is completely unnecessary. <laughs> and he's trying to say he got pushed. He, I, I don't doubt that he got pushed. There's no, there, there's no reason to add that. Just because you got pushed doesn't give you carte blanche to do that. And that's right. why it's frustrating tell you. to watch a talented player like Grayson Allen keep getting involved in stupid, he, dumb, he, dirty moments. Let me tell you something. Until somebody, until one of these players, he runs across the He's going to keep player, doing it until he gets a forearm somebody, chip to his somebody, face. Somebody gives him a two-piece with a, with a biscuit St- and fan. Stacey, you know, stop doing it. you know that I rarely get upset about these things because I know it's a physical game. I didn't play it. I don't know what it's like in the heat of the moment. But when you have this happen eight or nine times between college and the NBA over the last seven years, what more are people going to think of you? Well, and then to go back to last year, what he did to, to Alex Russo, he's on the bench laughing, giving high fives. And, and I'm, I'm going to tell you, I'm listen, the NBA's got to do something. His reputation is as a dirty player. Yes, it is. That's who he is. Which is why there's nothing we can do about it. And it, it, he loves playing the part. Um, I do love that Stacey King kept kept on reiterating. He, he's gonna wrong. He's gonna wrong. Run into the wrong guy one of these days. He's gonna get his ass kicked. So let me ask you something. the The best revenge you could have imagined. What would you have chosen? I'll give you three choices. Okay, this is not a web poll, but maybe it could be. DeRozan killing the Bucks. The revenge on Grayson Allen for Grayson Allen arm barring and falling. Going. Grayson Allen got fouled. He was stumbling. He did the extra. He could have limited. Put the, the forearm out. He allowed his momentum to right. be carried. Yes. He was very happy. And he was leading with the elbow. Absolutely. It wasn't as egregious as the Caruso play from last year. It was a little bit more subtle. But when you watch the replay, you could see that you know he, he was very happy to allow his momentum and his forearm to right. go into DeMar DeRozan. So it was on DeRozan. So your choices are this. The proper revenge. Okay. DeRozan killing the Bucks, 42 points, 10 in overtime. Or Grayson Allen getting low-bridged or any two-piece <laughs> that is. Or hard defense of Gian- on Giannis that draws blood. If you had a choice, what would your proper revenge decision choice be? So beyond 
this game or yeah, if you were in that moment I oh in that moment what? Uh, so but the win is one of the choices essentially you're right saying. they come back to win the game and it's DeRozan who does it so the cost of Giannis bleeding would be the Bulls lose maybe maybe mm. not okay. maybe may, but the idea that I go back to when he fouled Caruso with that cheap shot just ugly thing and he should have been suspended for December and January and, and all it, it, he's yeah. he's horrible for the game and I said then, until something happens to Giannis, he won't stop this. And the Bucks will stop supporting him when something happens to Giannis, when it's clearly revenge for the cheap shots and the dirty play. Who committed the hard foul last year by the Bull? There was, there was it wasn't like full revenge last year, but the game after the Grayson Allen, Alex Caruso thing last year. There was a little skirmish. There was somebody on the Bulls who yeah, sought some monicum of revenge in the next, and I don't remember who it was, but it's on their minds, but maybe it needs to be taken to a different level now. Well, I thought those would be good choices. I like those a, choices. You want, to see, you want to see Giannis draw blood? That's what you get this know, guy though. out of the league. You know you what? Want to see, you want to see him low bridge? I, I, see, I hate the idea of that because, God, I like watching Giannis play basketball. That guy is just unbelievable with what he's able to do. Like, he like, takes the ball up, but he's at the top of the key, and then he takes his two steps to the basket and, and winds around two everybody. Steps? Yeah. One step? <laughs> he could lead the Bears in rushing. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon, what would you choose? I gave you three choices. Brandon Fryer, what would you choose? I. Hi, are you awake? Hello, yeah, I'm awake. Brandon. I'm Hi. awake. Hi, I am. Um, I. It's tough. I really can't decide right now. I just, I'm really stuck. I just don't want to say an answer, and then I feel like, like Mark would say, "We'll play the tape." Like yeah. you did yesterday, and give me just, just give me a little. I really answer, need to break this the, one down. I, the, I really can't right the, now. The answer is the DeRozan kills you. That's that is the answer. Well, that's the let, let me be clear. Answer. Well, no, that is the answer. I wanted to see the Bulls win last. If the Bulls don't win that game last night, then we're stuck here talking about Grayson Allen all day, and that the Bulls we're, lost we're another game. Doing that anyway. Yeah, we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we've got the Mar DeRozan to mix in too, so, and Booch. We were getting reports. Derek Jones Jr. hit Allen. Javante Green took a hard foul on Allen. And Javante and, Green, yeah. And Tristan Thompson. I don't remember Tristan Thompson doing anything. Oh, except, yeah. I don't think he did anything except a Kardashian. Yep, right? yep. It was Derek Jones is that the Jr. Only thing he did? Derek Jones Jr. That is absolutely. DJJ. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, that's what I was looking for. That's what it was. Yep. So that was. It was. Here, you know what? You, you and Espo asked the question earlier about the Bears. Is it. They suck. Is this entertaining? Mm -hmm. The Bulls suck, but that was entertaining. That was very entertaining. That that fit that bill of like, okay, if you're going to suck, at least be entertaining. Yeah, that's that's a a wonderful way to go about it. Yeah, I mean the 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 three game winning streak that they had was necessary. That didn't feel fun. It was good. It was really good. The three straight wins, like legitimate things happening with crunch time and clutch shots and all of that, but that felt like survival. Last night did feel like fun, and that's that's a step forward. I mean, it feels like all these games, they got to win right now, especially with the schedule getting harder. So, Well, it might have gotten easier based on what happened in the Pistons-Magic game last night. I don't know if you saw that. Oh, yeah. But Detroit could be wildly shorthanded after the 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 – Chaos at Little Caesar's Malice, or whatever you want to call it. But Mo, Mo Wagner of the Magic was racing with um, uh, Hayes of the Pistons and Killian Hayes. And they they went out of bounds. They went into the seats, and it kind of looked like the old Bulls-Knicks situation. Oh, yeah. And then the Little Caesar's Malice broke out, and Hayes... Sucker punched Wagner and seemingly knocked him unconscious for a bit. So two Pistons are thrown out of the game, Hayes and Diallo, and Wagner is walking unsteady. So the Bulls might be catching the Pistons with some immediate suspensions on Friday night when they play again. Again, we've seen 
I'm talking like your meatball idiot, like there's actually hope for this Bulls team. I do not think there are championship hopes at all. They're barely playing hopes. But I'm, I find myself going, oh, they can build on this. Yeah. yeah. Look, they beat the Bucks, <laughs> But then they beat good. They're 7-1 against the Bucks, the Celtics, the Heat, the Nets. And then this is a team that loses to the, the Magic and the Rockets and all the yeah. crap. They are Saturday suckage. Right. And it, the problem with sustainability is, again, this was DeMar DeRozan Maximum effort, all the week, 42 points. Zach Levine start, last night started to look like the guy who was going to take the big shots in the game, but then it didn't work out that way. Zach Levine ended up with 24 points in the game. Vucevic's game I thought was really good. 15 Especially points. threes. Yeah, you know, the huge threes. three in overtime. Zach did hit a couple threes. There were a couple contestants. No, he did. He did. Um, it, but, but Vooch, man. One thing that Vooch did that I was really impressed by in the overtime, I think it was back-to-back possessions. Where he tied up Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. where it blocked was him, yeah. all ball, all ball, twice. Where and he's not going to win the jump ball again. I mean, that that was it's funny watching, and <laughs> and, and Vooch, you know, Vooch That's... is athletic and he's big and he's strong, but it's like. Anthony Cooper just looking around. Where do I want to tap this ball? Who, yeah. who wants it? That's that's senior abuse when you make when you make him jump. Against but Vooch was good last night. Vooch was very good. I give him a, th- a thumbs up. Him and uh, DeRozan, players of the game for me. The six three zero texture. I'm really disoriented now. You guys are making sense, and I'm not stoned. Yeah, this is a WB club as well as Saturday suckage, and I have yeah. a WB club uh, WB club story that I need to share. With Mark later on. Oh, good. Normally, you hear Mark Rohde. That's him. Uh, we we talk about the Bears. Bears, my Bears. friend. And we will, certainly later on, as, as the <clears throat> pick six coming up, and we have what Mark heard, and we'll talk with Brad Biggs at seven, and we'll talk some Bears. But there was a, there was a, a question to Justin Fields about, Okay, he's going to play. The coach said he's going to play. And Justin Fields said, talked about what the offense, what he could expect of the offense, what he would rate as good for this three and what is going to be a three and three and twelve team. Yeah. yeah, but they're going to be three and fourteen. And what is what's good in the last two games? What would you define as sort of a successful finish these last two weeks of the season for the offense and what you guys are able to do? Just improvement in the things that we need to work on. Really just, you know, playing mistake-free ball and finishing in, you know, certain situations, you know, two-minute, you know, executing in the goal zone. And, you know, Coach talked today about sudden change when the defense might get a takeaway. You know, the offense has to get on the field and score seven. So, you know, just, just, just small situations like that. That's it. We'll hear from more from Justin Fields, your Bears quarterback, and Matt Eberflus, your Bears coach, as we proceed with today's show. Rosenblum and Grody, Saturday Suckage on Thursday for Mully and Haw. Our phone number, 312-644-6767. That is also the number you can reach us on the text line, 312-644-6767. We're broadcasting live from our Hyundai studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Our guest today, we'll be doing the pick six at 6 o'clock. What were the odds that that would happen? Unbelievable. Wow. Yep. Speaking of odds, we'll have Costos... At 8.44, 9 o'clock, Casey Johnson to bring us back to the Bear, Bulls talk and Grayson Allen and Casey want to run out there and just kneecap that lull. <laughs> and, I don't know, Adam uh, Amin might have. I don't know. After that rant. 7 o'clock, we'll have Brad Biggs from the Tribune talking football with you. At 8, what Mark heard. Look, what Mark heard is getting prime time. I love it, man. Prime I'm nervous. I, so I've got, let's see, two hours to put that together. Huh? <laughs> we'll take a break. Rosenblum and Grody, Saturday suckers. We suck so Mully and Haw don't have to. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick six with Molly and Haw starts now. 
All right, guys. So what's your reaction to the Bulls' overtime win over the Milwaukee Bucks? Was that their best win of the season so far? And are we back to saying this Bulls team is pretty good after winning four of their last five? No. Oh, do I have to go on longer than that? <laughs> yes. Nope. nope. <laughs> I don't think this Bulls team is good at all. I think it's badly constructed. We see it play out on a regular basis. They are of, I guess we'll say unique character instead of questionable character. And I had earlier in the week when they lost to Houston, I thought, okay, here's the question. Are the, which of the, which of Dorothy's traveling companions in the Wizard of Oz best describes the Bulls? Mm. The Scarecrow, the Tin Woodsman, or the Cowardly Lion? Do they need a spine, a brain, a heart? What's missing? Then they do this kind of game. So consistency it's what is what I don't trust these guys. I don't see how you can trust this team the way they play when they show up when they want to show up. So beating good teams and stinking against teams you can beat is is I'm not saying they're back to I don't know what they'd be back to. They were in first place last year when Lonzo Ball was there. And Alex Caruso was playing defense. And then when Lonzo Ball... The greatest MVP campaign was Lonzo Ball getting hurt. He's your MVP. Because look what happened to the Bulls. And they did nothing in the offseason to make themselves better. While the East got better, they're right where they should be. Barely in the plane. I have never heard the Tin Man referred to as the Tin Woodsman. But that's fine. Isn't he the Tin Woodsman? I don't know. I, maybe that's correct. I've just he never a, heard it referenced that way. He had an way. axe... He would chop down trees. The Tin Woodsman. Yeah. I just have always 100% of the time in my life have heard him referred to as the Tin Man. Now, technically, I think that's he's the, the tin... America song. Is it? I think that you're thinking of the lyrics from America. <laughs> oh, okay. Oz, Oz, oh, yeah, Oz never, never did the... give nothing to the Tin Man yeah. that he didn't already have. It, it could be. It could be the case. Friar? So, my reaction to it is I was. A little shocked. I knew they, it would be a close game because the Bulls always play up to the level of competition. So it was good to see that. I mean, with them, with Drew Holiday out, you got your, what, your second leading scorer and your third leading scorer out. The Bucks team is just really good, though. Even, like, their other pieces, just a bunch of try-hard, defensive, 3 and D guys. I, I love that team overall. Yeah. Except for Grayson Allen. I don't mess with him. We'll get into that in a minute. But anyway... Uh, the reaction is great win. They're still not good. They're going to get your hopes up and just let you down because then they'll play the Pistons and then they'll play to the level of that competition, even without Killian Hayes. If they if he gets suspended or all the Piston players get suspended, they'll still probably lose. So, I mean, they're still not good, but great win. Incredible win. An, an entertaining win. Yes, that's their best win of the season so far against a team with the best player in the NBA. So, yeah, to to answer that question, yes, their best win of the season so far. Are we back to saying this Bulls team is pretty good after winning four of their last five? Pretty good is not a very high standard. So guess what? I will say yes. The Bulls... <laughs> the Bulls as long as the standard isn't high. As long as the word pretty precedes good... It's not asking a lot, so I'll be the one to answer yes. The Bulls are back to being pretty good after winning four of their last five games, and I think that that's where the Bulls can be. I mean, like I said, the three-game winning streak, there were too many legitimate good things that happened the way you want to see the Chicago Bulls play basketball with DeMar DeRozan hitting a game-winning shot, with Ayodosumu hitting a game-winning shot, with Zach Levine scoring six points in the final two minutes of one of those three victories, with everybody coming up with clutch shots. Vooch, the big three, each you know, four, five, what are they at, six now consecutive games in which the big three has all scored in double figures. So they are starting to figure it out. I'm not saying that this is a Bulls team that is going to go back to the top five in the Eastern Conference anytime soon, but pretty good? I'm okay with pretty good. Well, no, that's a good question. Okay, is Grayson Allen the most hated player in the NBA to Chicago Bulls fans? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't know if there is another. I mean, there are stars around the league that Bulls fans dislike, and they enjoy booing people like LeBron James and guys like that. But I don't think it's even close. I mean, Grayson Allen knocked out 
Alex Caruso last year did what he did last night with allowing his momentum to be carried into DeMar DeRozan and making sure his forearm was out, for which, by the way, he never did get a foul, which is pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. After all that, after all the ranting on television and everybody on Twitter and the refs looking at the replay, and then they're like, no foul. (laughs) Foul on Patrick Williams, no foul on Grayson Allen. That was probably the biggest disappointment of the night last night. But the, the part about Grayson Allen, too, is I can only get so angry at Grayson Allen because he doesn't give a crap. And last night, the officials didn't give a crap. Grayson Allen enjoyed, almost seemed to enjoy what he did, and he did what he did last year, too, after the Caruso thing. He, he was crushing the Bulls, man. I mean, he, he, had a, he had a three and a steal right after that. Remember last year in the playoffs mm-hmm. when Grayson Allen just – punk the bulls with those threes so it's i have a hard time allowing myself to get too mad because it does it doesn't matter who cares matters to me i i can't stand grayson allen i just uh he just annoys me the thing that he does is like he'll he'll do his little thing but the thing he acts like oh i didn't do nothing i didn't do nothing i like certain nba players if you are going to be dirty embrace it aka like patrick beverly he's one that like embraces it like, Grayson Allen does stuff and acts like he didn't do nothing wrong whatsoever. And then that look that he has on his face, it just it just angers me. I don't know why. I'm not even, as a fan, it's just like, ugh, I just want someone to just knock just knock him down. Do something. Like like Stacey said, give him a two-piece. Like, I just, I'm just tired of it, man. I can't stand it. So currently, yes, he is. Back in the day, it used to be LeBron James because he always stopped, you know, the Bulls from even getting anywhere. So during those heat days yeah. and Cavs days. But Grayson Allen by a landslide. Yeah, there's there's respectful hate that exists in the NBA, and then there's just you're a tool hate, and that's what it was with Grayson Allen, or is. I think that it now works out that every generation of Bulls fans gets their pistons. This is Bill Lambeer. Kids, ask your parents. But he's Bill Lambeer. He slaps you. He slugs you. It's cheap shots. Ask Michael Jordan, ask anybody who drove the lane, or Dennis Rodman. You got this, you have your Pistons, your, this generation of Bulls fans. The, the point you make about the booing of LeBron James is, yeah, he was being booed because he was too good. Yeah. But the hate for those Pistons, for Bill Lambeer and Dennis Rodman. Rick Mahorn. Rick Mahorn. And John Sally. James Edwards, all, John Sally. They all could smirk. And that's what... Grayson Allen does to make you even more nuts. You need to wipe the smirk off his face. You need to do that. Now, the Bulls never really, they did not draw blood for those Pistons the way any fan would want them to. That's why I asked the question earlier. But this is your generation's Bill Lambeer, essentially. You're you're watching the Bulls now. It doesn't matter as much now because the Bucks are good and the Bulls are not. Back then, the Bulls needed to get past Bill Lambeer and all those. And so what happens when Grayson Allen becomes a bull, the way Dennis Rodman did? <laughs> you don't think it'll happen? It, it, the same thing will happen then. The Bulls fans will embrace him, and Grayson Allen will. Sure, he's a rectum, but he's our rectum. Yeah. yeah. He'll nail threes for the Bulls and yeah. sucker punch players, and it'll be great. <laughs> I mean, I don't understand the question. All right, Justin, Spiel, Justin Fields, I should say, spoke to the media yesterday after hoping to get the rushing attack back going again. What do you want to see more? Do you want to see Fields inching closer to that NFL rushing record by a QB or see more passing yards of him staying in the pocket working in there? I want to see him play quarterback. And whatever that involves. I don't, I don't, want, I don't care about the rushing record. It's, I can see why you need to talk about it. It's newsworthy. It's an NFL record, not just a Bears record. But it speaks more to how lame the Bears are in so many areas. And it speaks to how lame the offensive coordinator was to finally getting around to making this weapon a weapon. I want to see... Well, you were there. You were watching this. I kind of felt like the Bills were daring Justin Fields to beat them with his arm. We're not, you're not going to run. We're not going to let you outside. We're going to make you hand off. We can stop your running game. We're not, we can't stop you unless we surround you 
and and they're all going to hold their positions, the defensive ends. They're going to they're not going to get suckered, and you're not going to be able to run outside them. So I want to see him pass his team to glory. Doesn't have to be in the pocket. I don't. They tried to do that to Mitch, and I still I have nightmares about that. What they did to Mitch is make him a pocket quarterback, and he's not. You don't have to do that to Justin Fields. You can boot. You can roll him out. You can let him. Let him make the throws. Show you what the throws are. And you know what throw I really want to see? I don't know that he's, they practiced it. And if you're running, going to run a West Coast offense and maybe they don't have the receivers, I want to see the slant. Doesn't it make you crazy when Aaron Rodgers throws a slant and it's completed and it's always there? It's on time, it's on target, and it's six yards and maybe more. I want to see the Bears do that. I want Justin Fields to throw that pass of all the other ones he's going to throw. I want to see Fields in the pocket, passing more. I already can see what he can do rushing the ball. Like, I mean, he already set the record for the Bears, you know, franchise. Right? I don't care about the NFL. It doesn't do anything for me. I mean, it's fun to see. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see it. You know, it's something exciting. But seeing Justin Fields play in general is always exciting. So I want to see him work on that passing. I mean, in college, he was like 70, 70% completion rate. I want to see that. I mean, if we can get some playmakers who can catch the ball and play and get open and the offensive line can block for him, give him some time, maybe we'll see that. But that's what I want to see. I want to see him pass it for more yards, and I want him stand in the pocket. I want to see him get the record. I mean, if you're, if you're going to come this far in this part – I'm talking about the running record. This part of his game, you may as well just get the record because Justin Fields knows it. You know it. I know it. We all know it. Dave Kerner, who I just ran into in the hallway. The Gov. The Gov. We all know it that we want to see the, the real dual threat quarterback in Justin Fields. It's not going to blossom fully this year. You may as well get the record. But what I do want to see is – like, I don't expect that we're going to see a 300-yard game out of Justin Fields this year. I agree with both of you guys. Yeah, I want to see him throw the, the slants, more of the Valus Jones Jr. stuff, all of that. But what I mostly want to see is the work, as, as they like to call it, the gold zone. Red zone, gold zone. They're all speaking Matt Eberflus at Hallis Hall now, which I guess yeah. is a good thing. They're all speaking his language. That's what I want to see. I want to see Justin Fields accomplish and pull off a necessary clutch drive whenever it has to happen. If it's with two minutes to go in the first half, if it's to win the game, if it's to tie the game, like last year against the Pittsburgh Steelers, I want to see one championship-like drive out of Justin Fields in crunch time with using the clock and using playmakers and using his legs. That's what I want to see. Gold zone success and in the last two games. At this point, honestly, guys, it would be dumb if he didn't just get those records. And then we could just put that away, and hopefully we don't have to talk about his rushing for 80 yards per game next year. But go get the record. Go get it. Yeah, I mean, I think you answered your own question. Former NFL player Darius Butler said this about Justin Fields on the Pat McAfee show. He'll go down to be the best Bears quarterback in history. Do you agree with that? I think he'll be the best quarterback in NFL history is what it's going to go down as. NFL history? That's his jokes. <clears throat> but maybe. Maybe. It's just Tom Brady on line <laughs> one. Will, will he be? Joe Montana's got a payphone handy, too. I mean, this is not going to take me long to go through in my head here right now. Will he be the best QB in Bears history? Jay Cutler? I think he's going to be better than Jay Cutler. Eric Kramer? I think he's going to be better than Eric Kramer. Mitch Trubisky? Going to be better than Mitch Trubisky because, you know, he did put up some some pretty nice numbers. Bobby Douglas? He's already breaking Bobby's records. <laughs> can he pass Sid Luckman? Can we, can, we can, get, can, can we get that out of our heads a little bit? Um, I'm trying to think of other quarterbacks who were good for the Bears. Jim Miller had some really nice times with the Bears. Jim McMahon? Probably, you know, one of the more competent quarterbacks that I've seen in my life. So I'm going to say yes. I'm, I'm going to say yes. Justin Fields will eventually be the best Bears quarterback in history. It's not saying a lot, but we've already seen one superstar side of Justin Fields. 
he could add just a little bit. He doesn't have to be a superstar passing the ball, but if we just see more of that, if we see good, if Justin Fields becomes a good passer in the NFL, how could he not be the greatest quarterback in Bears history? Bears. I think it all depends on what do you want from Justin Fields. Like when I think of I the want Bears, the truth. Yeah, when I think of you Justin, can't handle the truth. <laughs> when I think of Justin Fields. Or when I think of the Bears quarterbacks, I think Bobby Douglas, Sid Luckman, Jim McMahon. I don't. I mean, Jim, Jim, I mean Jim McMahon because he won a Super Bowl. Yeah. Bobby Douglas, rushing records, but I always hear about Sid Luckman. Yeah. And like you said, Justin Fields already passed Bobby Douglas for that rushing joint, and now you got the Super Bowl. If we can get a little Super Bowl out of Justin Fields, I mean, he got it to me. You just got to get that Super Bowl to me. I mean, he's already on his way. Like after what his first full season. We already talking about him as one of the best. You see everybody raving about him. I'm just super excited that we finally got a like a real quarterback. Well, Jim McMahon got that Super Bowl too. So I need more than than the Super Bowl, Stevie Sunshine. That rushing joint. Did I hear you say that? That's rushing. cool. He's that see, rushing joint. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he uses like cool words. He's like me. Yeah. We both use cool words and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Gro- uh, Grody says WB. Gucci a lot. I say Gucci a lot. Sick. <laughs> you know. But I'm gonna That's use joint. pretty dope that you guys yeah. say that. No, I go. do see, like there. You go. Brandon uses cool words. Um. Where were we? Yes, he will be the best quarterback <laughs> yeah. if, if he stays healthy. And there's always question about that because of this offensive line and the way he run. He runs. He has a lot of Jim McMahon fearlessness in him, and he wants. He has run. He's learned to slide badly, but he's learned to slide. He's learned to get down, and he has. He has that linebacker mentality, using his size. Using it's. I'm going to get that extra yard, and that's commendable and dangerous. To a, a a long career, but I think he's got. And to put it in order, I don't want the skill position players. I don't want the wide receivers first for him. I want the offensive line. Build that, and here's why. I think because he thinks touchdown to checkdown, because he thinks that way. If he gets more time, unfettered time, he may make. He may learn to throw a guy open deep. May learn to throw a guy open on a post. He's got a better chance of doing that if he gets the blocking than if they suddenly gave him a great receiver. If he had Cooper Cup, I still don't think he'd be great because I think this thing would be a mess. But if he gets an offensive line, and you talk about what he did at Ohio State, he had a better offensive line at Ohio State. And receivers. And compared to the what he was dealing with, compared to what he has now. But I think he will be, and I want to see that offensive line first before you start sprinkling in all the pretty shiny things. Is, is Sid Luckman, though, the best quarterback you've ever seen in I, person? I, I have, all Jews have to say that. <laughs> As you sit by the Christmas tree. By, by the Christmas tree here in the <laughs> studio. Rosenblum and Grody in from Molly and Haw and the Christmas tree. Yeah, I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. Okay, even with two games left in the season, let's face it, fans are already looking at the NFL draft, and let's you know face it too, maybe the Bears are too. So with that being said, what do you think is the biggest need for the Bears in the upcoming draft? I think I just said it. Offensive line. Whoever the best tackle is, take that. I don't. You need an offensive line. That's where you need to go. I was I, because they need everything anywhere. Their biggest need is. Probably to trade down. By the way, do you realize Roquan Smith ruined the Bears' season? Do you realize he's killed them? He could keep them from getting the number one draft pick? If he doesn't intercept that ball against Houston, they have a chance to lose that game. Houston has another win. Bears have another loss. They'd have the number one draft pick outright. Roquan Smith ruined the Bears' season. He's just dreadful. He didn't start off. He didn't want to play. He abandoned his friends. He wouldn't come out to the playground with him. And then when he shows up, he ruins it. He ruined Ryan Poles' life. Bears could have been number one right now without anything else happening. You're right. Anyways, I would, if I could trade down and get another first-round pick and a second-round pick, depending how nuts, you know what? You know where this, you know what the Bears need to do? They need to make sure Ryan Pace becomes a GM of another team. That's who Ryan Poles trades with. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I will say that they need pass rush. That defensive line is 
horrible. We had Eberflus talking earlier, which we'll probably get to, about just changing up the defensive line, but they need some type of pass rush. That defense is horrible. If you have the pass rush, then the secondary, which is already pretty good, would be even better. And I just think you need Will Anderson. That's who you yeah. need, Will Anderson. That's what I want. All right, man. I like how you got it down. You got your player. You got your guy. Who's your guy? Yeah, I'm not ready for the guy portion of this yet. <laughs> I, I am torn between a sack man and sack man. That's right. Wanted to get the Richard Dent reference in there. And a three technique, and I, I, I lean towards the three technique. I, I want to see that anchor, that base, that guy on the defense because I mean we, we've had experience in Chicago seeing how in the four three defense, seeing how that guy affects things. Tommy Harris once upon a time, and I realized it was short lived with Tommy Harris. You know, three or four really good years, you know, in his prime. And that was fun to watch, and you really got to see how a 4-3 defense can work and be the engine of with that guy. So while I I don't think any of us would lose our minds with anything that they would pick in the first round because there's really not a position where there is not need, but I, I, I would go with the, the three technique. Oh, that's a great question. The Las Vegas Raiders have decided to bench quarterback Derek Carr. Is it a smart move by the Raiders, and what's next for Derek Carr? Well, yeah, I think it's a smart move by the Raiders because I'm sick and tired. If you're like, Derek Carr gets the, the – every year it seems like the narrative around him is the same. It's like, oh, this guy's really good, and he's kind of underrated, and people don't realize how good Derek Carr is. And, he, you know, people criticize him, but he's really good. And <laughs> I, I, I just think time's up, and, and he has been. He, he has done just enough – to make you think, yeah, he's he's the guy. He's the quarterback of the future. Could he go up to that next echelon of quarterbacks? And he simply hasn't. So I definitely think that was the right move for the Las Vegas Raiders. And I, I don't know, man. The, the only name that for the future of that franchise I keep hearing is Tom Brady being linked to the Raiders. And while I, I like the whole Tom Brady thing coming back, it's been fun, I think that that would be one step too far for Brady. Like where it's like the Wizards with Jordan. It's like, okay, you've made your comebacks with the Bulls. Now you've now you've gone too far. We've enjoyed this. It's been wonderful having you. Thank you, Tom Brady. You're great. You you won a Super Bowl and you, now you've gone one step too far going to the Las Vegas Raiders. But that is what I fear could very well happen. I'll be quick. Uh, I don't think it's probably a smart move to probably get rid of Carr. That time is probably up. But I don't think anything that the Raiders do is smart. Go back and look <laughs> at all their draft picks and see if they're still on this team. We got one of them in Leatherwood. Go. They just don't. They traded Mac away. I don't think anything that that organization's done is smart by any means. For what happens with Carr, I mean, I mean, just he's already away from the team. It's already been reported that he stepped away from the team. Just circle and see what team you want to go to next next season. Connect the dots. Anything. Coached by a Bill Belichick disciple is going to suck. And now Bill Belichick is sucking. But you look at Josh McDaniels. This is the second place he's failed. And every Bill Belichick disciple has failed as an NFL coach. It, it is it is underscores what I everything you said about Derek Carr and the shelf life and what it is like, okay, we're, we're, we've seen enough. You know what? We're going to play you off the stage right now. But I don't believe it's Derek Carr's fault. I don't know why it's not. I haven't studied them in depth. I do know Devontae Adams has made two quarterbacks worse. One by leaving the one in Green Bay he left and the one in Vegas that he went to. But Josh McDaniels is is the prime he's the hood ornament for Belichick disciples suck. And I grew up a Raiders fan. I loved them when all my friends hated them. But the wrong Davis is in charge. Of the Raiders. <laughs> and I would rather have dead Al Davis running the Raiders than a live Mark Davis. <laughs> hey, Jim Plunkett is not walking no. through that door. <laughs> Kenny Stabler is Mar- not. Marcus Allen is not walking through that door. Not happening. All right. Can we close this out? We come back with you. I'm just Dave Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Saturday Suckage on Thursday. We are in for Molly and Ha. We'll come back with the extra point. Chicago Sports Radio 670. Set up this extra point. It's time for the Extra Point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score.
All right, what can the Bears accomplish in these final two games of the season? Turn on your mic. Yeah, I'm do pro radio here. They can keep Justin Fields healthy, and they can lose. <laughs> you Reed, you've come this far, and you're you're talking about. I mean, for the last two months, I've talked about Justin Fields leading a hero drive that he hasn't done it. Yeah, he got. Do you know he gets credit for that horrible thing that Roquan Smith ruined the bull, the Bears season with? That interception led to an offensive drive, led to kneel downs. Justin Fields gets credit for a game-winning drive in the last two minutes, according to Pro Football Reference. That counts. It is a clutch drive, that thing. But as far as what we know to be reality, I want to see that too, but I don't want to see it this year. I've been screaming about it for two months. I said, the, the Vikings, the Dolphins, whatever. He's had a whole bunch of chances, and that offense hasn't done it. The they've been, he's been figured out. He hasn't done it. Whatever, however you're going to look at it, not have the talent around him. I do want to see that hero drive. You and do I'm, or you don't? I'm I do. confused right now. Next year, I want to see that. Next year, no, I don't want to see it now. Why? I, I, you've come, like you said, you've come this far not to get the rushing record. Yeah, I've come this far to see them get a shot at the number one draft pick and all the bounty that might be. Don't ruin it. You're by, crazy, man. By beating Dan Cannibal's Lions Look, or the, 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 Kirk Cousins. Hey, man, g- game-winning drives are for real, and that that would be something that you know. We always talk about momentum going into the next season. No, that's real development. Like that's real progress. Is if he is to have a clutch drive or two, or game-winning drive, a red gold zone drive, those are things that can lead to bigger things and unlock him. Even further. So don't get carried away, Stevie Sunshine, with the idea of there are things that can help this quarterback and this team immensely in the next two games. You want a better lineman, kid? Lose the last two games. No. All right. To add on to what Steve is saying, I do want a healthy Justin Fields. I want Fields to ball out. Like, I want I want yards. I mean, give me a little rushing. Don't, just don't hurt yourself. I don't care about the record. Just play the game. Stay in the pocket. Let me see Let me see how you just pass those by. I want to see slants like Steve said. I want to see it all. I would love to see a winning drive. That would be great, but that means they would win. So, you know, I don't know if we want that. But anyway, I want to see some of the young players too. I want to see anybody Ryan Poe's draft. I want to see them get as many snaps as possible. I, I want to see Valus Jones. I want to see the Carter kid. I've. Braxton Jones. I want to see everyone. I also want to see Tevin Jenkins. I want to see him. I want Claypool to be healthy. Get on the field. I want to see your chemistry with Justin Fields. Those are the things I would like to see, and I hope they can get accomplished. Yeah, I guess. I, I mean, I'm totally about, like we said, the, the game-winning drive. Um, Chase Claypool. I, mean, I feel like we f- have forever been using his name in the last three weeks to answer questions like these. I want to see Chase Claypool. I want to see Claypool. I want to see that get better. But he keeps not playing. So, And he didn't practice yesterday, by the way. Tevin Jenkins did practice yesterday, and which is just amazing considering the neck injury. So I want to see things continue to progress on the offense. You know, defensively, what I've seen from Kyler Gordon in the last two weeks, I want to see if he's on to something. Because if he finishes strong, Kyler Gordon, like in these next two games against Detroit and Minnesota, like you definitely have something there. Because he had a bad start to his season. And then it got better. And then right before the concussion, he was playing well. And he has played great since the concussion. So if he plays well, maybe another pick. If he, He's got three picks this year. He ends up with four or five interceptions this year for the way Kyler Gordon's season started. Like everything about him, I think, will become legitimate if he plays well in the next two games. So he's really the guy I'm circling for these next two. And that's our extra point. Pick six. six. Extra point. Yeah. Rosenblum and Grody. It's Saturday Suckage on Thursday. We are in for Molly and Haw. And we'll take a break. We welcome your phone calls. 312 644 6767. You can text us. Same number. Remarkably. What were the odds of that? We'll find out the odds. 844. Nick Costos will be here. We'll see what the odds of the same text number and phone number to our station. And earlier in the week, as long as we talk about Justin Fields being the greatest Bears quarterback, 
We certainly talked about candidates. You and Espo talked about candidates for the worst that you've ever seen. Yeah. This is the anniversary of one of the worst you've ever seen. A texter reminded us. Okay. And I so, want to know your... I said it. Story. And you read it. I texted you. I'm listening to you and Espo. Who did you text me? I can't right. remember. Wow. These mornings. Look, he's got... You got old timers disease. That's I know, me. I'm I know. the old man in this relationship. <laughs> You're supposed to be young. Who was young the, whippersnapper? Right. Who was the? We'll reveal that when we come back. Yeah. Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. Welcome in, welcome back. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Rody. We're in for Mully and High today. Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score. Top of the hour, we will talk with Brad Biggs. He'll talk football with us and you and everybody at 8 o'clock. What Mark heard goes prime time, drive time right here, Saturday Suckage Special. 844, Nick Costos will be here. Answer all your numbers, questions, make you some money. 9 o'clock, Casey Johnson. We'll talk to him about the Bulls' spectacular win, great comeback, and how he compares rectums between Grayson Allen and... Pistons of the past. But before we went to break, we were talking about Bears quarterbacks. And Justin Fields would be the best ever. We were talking about the worst ever. And I texted you and Espo earlier that my pick was Cade McNown, worst quarterback of basically, you know, when you say worst quarterback ever, you're basically talking during the Favre Aaron Rodgers years. That's how I look at it. When the Green Bay Packers have Hall of Fame quarterbacks and you have, well, Cade McNown was my pick because I feel totally exposed and embarrassed. Like old takes exposed if they'd have that then. But Cade McNown was a first-round pick. I thought he was the most NFL-ready quarterback coming out of that draft. He'd played at UCLA. He'd done well. I did not realize that he was an all-world, an intergalactic rectum. I did not realize that. And he would be the worst quarterback because of the expectations. And then when he sucked, did you ever hear Big Cat Williams tell that story? That game where he sucked, and he sucked, and he sucked, and he's still playing? And Big Cat Williams is standing next to Dick Geron. He says, Dick, you're going to leave him in. He goes, And Dick Geron said, they wanted him, they got him. <laughs> That's big cat story. So that was Good that was Dick. it. Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, there there are no really no wrong answers <laughs> yes. on Bears' worst quarterbacks. That's I true. I was so alarmed by two quarterbacks because I thought both would be one I thought might be good and one I thought would be very competent. The one that I thought was going to be very competent was Jonathan Quinn. Oops. Just because he knew Oops, the Kansas babe. City offense, and he, it seemed like you know he was a go-to guy in terms of structure of the offense, and then he got in, and it looked like somebody who had never played the position. It looked like, and I'm not exaggerating, it looked like a guy who did not want to be in the game when Jonathan Quinn once That might have been the case. Now, Henry Burris is the other one. Henry Burris looked very interested in playing in the game, he just couldn't play in the game and was alarmingly bad. And I say alarming because he seemed to be pretty good in the preseason. He seemed to be good in practice. They liked him because he kind of had the dual threat thing going on. He had that Canadian thing that a lot of players have. <laughs> it means he was really nice. Where, That's you know, there's the nice factor. But and then he said sorry a lot. We, we, we never, we, here in America, <laughs> we never know how to evaluate what it means when you play well in Canada. Yes. <laughs> you just play. We don't, we don't want to look that deeply into it. Really what it, those silly little leagues they have in Canada. Oh wait, he won 19 gray cups. Mark <laughs> Tressman is a 19 time coach of the year. Yeah. And, we kind of want there to be meaning to it. When, oh, we got this player from Canada. We got the best player in the – but it never really translates, at least not as it pertains to the Bears. Someday I'm going to have to really take the time to understand what it means to thrive in Canadian sports leagues. But today is not that day. Here is something so serendipitous that you bring up that name. A texter had noted the anniversary 
Today is the 20th anniversary of Henry Burris's start against Tampa. No way. This way. Wow. December 29th, 2002. Henry Burris started against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He threw 19 passes. He completed seven to the Bears and four to the Buccaneers. <laughs> All had, right, that's enough. <laughs> call, had call it off. Four interceptions. This Canadian Football yeah. Hall of Famer, four interceptions and seven completions of his 19 passes. He threw for a quarterback completion percentage of 35.29%. He did throw for over 200 yards, which Justin Fields has trouble doing sometimes. The best part of this whole thing, beyond the four interceptions <laughs> out of 19 passes. What were the running numbers? 10.3 quarterback rating. <laughs> and 10.3 quarterback He's rating. running out of points. Yes, he is. That was him. Today is the 20th anniversary of that game. And there, it, there was it so much sympathy it. for him, too, because everybody liked him. It, it was. Well, there wasn't anything to dislike. Well, it until seemed he like, played. It, it like I said, everybody he threw looked the ball at him straight like, into the ground. <laughs> was just, and he was seemed like a great guy too. Yes, maybe that and, was the Canadian part of it. Yeah, he he would have reason to say sorry a lot. Yeah, and like that. or yeah. Canadian. Yeah, sports leagues. They're like, hey, we we didn't promise anything. Don't get mad at us and our silly sports and our slightly altered rules and gray cups. Right. And things like that. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, our phone number, 312-644-6767. Same number will get you to the text line. MJ on the west side, he called that phone number, and now he's on the score with Rosenblum and Grody. Hey, MJ. Good morning. Hi, MJ. Hi. I want to discuss uh, the commentary you all were undergoing regarding uh, Justin Fields and uh, winning drive. I disagree with you all's view. My view is this. He's done many winning drives. The problem was football is a team complimentary effort. What happened in each of those drives? Drops, fumbles, missed a kick, uh, just one thing after another, which is why all of those games were close. He's done several winning drives. It just didn't result in a win or completion because of those very factors that we're all aware of. One was associated to him, which was an, two interceptions with Detroit uh, Lions, but he even uh, remedied that by one after that uh, interception, getting to a touchdown. And I think the differential of that one point was our missed uh, kick. So my point is he's performing his function. Everyone is under in evaluation since the teardown, and they all growing and learning together. So all of that is not on him, not producing a winning drive. He's produced them. We just didn't result in a win or completion, and we all know the reasons why. All right, MJ, well done. Well said. The Jeff Okuda pick six for Detroit was pretty bad. She, she mentioned the the interception, the turnovers in that game. But I will say that she is right in that there have been some pretty bad offensive moments for guys like Valus Jones Jr. fumbling in key spots to stunt drives that could have been clutch drives or game-winning drives. Amir Smith-Marset stepping out of bounds back to Valus fumbling the the short punt so to MJ's point I I do get that I mean you you do have to look a little bit more deeply about that but we we still I I will stand by we have not seen Justin Fields in the true heat of the moment perform at a high enough level enough times and that's why that's what I'd like to see in these next that's the number one thing I want to see in these next he knelt down wonderfully to make sure that Cairo Santos could kick against Houston. So he gets credit for a game-winning drive, a clutch drive, yeah. game-winning fourth <laughs> that's, quarter. That's true. Well, and too many times as well where, and this one's on Matt Eberflus, I suppose, where the the Bears were very content to go into a halftime locker room 
without attempting, you know, a drive with 45 seconds left or a minute left, like where the Bears would, and probably more earlier in the season, where they wouldn't even give the offense the chance to. And that doesn't fall on Justin Fields. That falls on the rest of the the offense, which was probably not playing well in the first half. Well, I want to give a coach credit for coaching the game in front of him, coaching the team in front of him. Oh. You no, like the flus. We talked about this. I did. I did. We'll, we will talk about this later. And you know what? It might be a good time to run it by Brad Biggs uh-huh. and, and his assessment of Matt Eberflus and yeah. where we are. He just seems wonderful. I'd buy his shtick, and I made fun of it earlier, but I can see I like – well, I'll tell you what I like. No, I'm with I'll you. Brad, I, I, I'll tell Brad Biggs what I'm I like. I'm glad you brought that up because I can add to it. Okay. He's Mark Grody. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We're in for Molly and Haw, and we will be talking with Brad Biggs. He'll talk football with you and with us. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score.